Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. It connects to your Swim Nerd mobile app, allowing you to program any set your heart desires. Except for 100 100s while listening to Nickelback. You can't program that. That that is not allowed. If you haven't seen the Swim Nerd Pace Clock yet, go to swimpractice.com to check it out. Thanks for being here again, Jack. Yes, Brett. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch you in this seven month journey so far. And uh, you're right. Uh, the number of people that you've connected to back to the swimming world is something that I've I've found really enjoyable. Well done. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, listen. Um, I kind of want you guys to give me a little bit about each other you know uh, jack you tell me about aaron aaron you tell me about jack and um and how did this relationship start where did it start and where is it today kind of thing so i'll start with you aaron you can speak about jack sure okay yeah why why am i on a podcast with jack and, and you um so uh jack and i are like we're well we're brothers Fair enough to say, I guess. Um, and we, Jack and I first met, um, it's a story that he and I are, are just very familiar with, but we first met when <clears throat> I was uh, in the Athens Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that, I mean, I think we had met, maybe we had met before that, um, but Jack made a gesture which um stuck with me after that so he ended up he ended up taking this photograph at like a really sensitive time during the games but like was very coy about it and i only found out about it afterwards when he gifted me this photograph of me and and three of my teammates before this medley relay and uh and so he gifted it to me in this cute like little rattan um frame Mm -hmm. I still have it. And it was, it's one of those like special moments right before we got like us, all three of us, or all four of us are like right in that state of mind. We're watching the girls finish the, the relay and we're literally like everything's culminating in this one bed. And Jack's in the back, maybe 20 feet behind us. And he snaps a picture of us from the back and everything else. And it, he was not, he was really, he really non-invasive about it. It wasn't like, Hey, let me take a picture of you guys. It was, spoke a lot to what he understood was going on. He just captured the moment and he, he gifted me this, this thing. And so um, for me, that was, it was kind of like what it, it was like uh, interesting. Cause I was like, wow, to capture a moment like that, you have to be really astute and observant and not invasive and not be kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, imposing. Right. And so, um, I remember that being what struck up, um, my relationship and, 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 uh, beginning to get to know Jack and, uh, and then over the years, um, I was coached under, I, I occasionally sought Jack out and some of my teammates did and we went and, and um, spent some time with him in Colorado Springs, but but really, that, that's kind of like that's kind of less of it. it, it we, I we came to learn that we have a lot in common, 
um, in a lot of ways. And I think probably a lot of people can say that about Jack anyway. And, and I think moving ahead a little bit, um, I mean, I, and I, I think I can also speak to what Jack means to the sport. I think mm. that's, it's all, that's its own other thing, but my direct relationship with Jack, I think, um, that one of the, one of the more treasured moments that I've had in some time was even these last six months. Um, uh, Jack and I found ourselves up in the Blue Ridge mountains, right in the beginning of March, uh, in, in, uh, North Carolina. And it was right in, the, right in the beginning of all of this um, quarantine, right when it all happened. And I was passing up through the East Coast on some work and was going to come out West and continue this trip. And uh, one thing led to another. And, and before you know it, I'm uh, spending quarantine um, with Jack in Norfolk, Virginia, about six months of it. And... Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that was, and I remember this conversation with you, Jack, really well, obviously. It seems like it was yesterday. Kind of looking at each other like, um, are we really going to do this kind of thing? And kind of understanding like there is a, uh, an indefiniteness to it. You know, no one really knows what's going on. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, he and I, I think, kind of without, uh, acknowledging it, but not necessarily saying it, that we, we've been trying to find some time to spend some time together anyway. And, um, and the way I saw it was like, this was as good a time as any, you know? And, and, uh, and you know, I, I think in that vein, um, what was interesting about that was uh, it, it fell into our laps in a way. And, and, um, and I saw it as something very natural. It just kind of started to occur. And, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of maybe Jackson, my, I think that one of the tenets of our relationship mm. is there is nothing forced, but when, life presents you lemonade you, or lemons you make lemonade so to speak. <laughs> no, no well that's an incredible experience that you guys had together being stuck in quarantine and really getting to know each other even even on a deeper level and it's it's great that you have that relationship but and a lot of us would love to be a fly on the wall just kind of listening to the two of you speak you know so it's it's, it's nice to be able to get on this podcast here and um you know kind of well, go over some of that yeah, I think the gift, one of the gifts was like six months with somebody, you get to know them a whole lot better, mm, mm. you know, and like, and, and, and Jack and I, I think have been like aiming for some really solid time together and, and we're, we're all, we're shooting out ideas of things that we, that interest us and that kind of thing. But, um, that was, what was interesting about this was, uh, it was a, it was a, a lifestyle kind of thing. And I think we both understood we, we, uh, we shared similar interests and similar lifestyle, mm. never really had to force each other to go and do what we wanted to do. Yeah. Beautiful. So doing already what we like. So. Beautiful. Um, Jack, I know you're an incredible storyteller and you've 
told me a story about Aaron, basically when you first met or your first experiences together back in 2004, when he had the whole um, situation that he had with, I believe it was, was it the hundred backstroke or the 200 backstroke? Where, um, for me, it was the, the 200. And I, I think if you're referring, yeah. Yeah. I'll let, I mean, if Jack. Yeah. To, Jack, if you don't mind sharing that story, that experience about Aaron. Sure. Brett, but before I do, I, I would kind of like the opportunity to, to walk down the path of my relationship with Aaron, the way mm -hmm. that he walked down the path of his relationship with me. Absolutely. And, uh, it, it did start in 2004, maybe a little bit before, but in 2004, I, I, I was at the games and I watched his reaction to being disqualified in the 200 back. And there, there was a part of me that like, I, I was just so, I was so in, I was, I was so like, just mesmerized by how someone his age in a hostile environment that he found himself in could organize his inner thoughts in a way that he would look back on as would anyone else who observed it and go, that's the way you handle situations like that. And, and then from there, um, in, in 2008, there, there were a few things that I observed and, you know, it was uh, very similar, but a, a little bit different. And I could, I, I walked away from 2008 thinking the very same thing. I, I really would like to get to know this guy a little bit better, selfishly. I thought that in many ways, when I watched his behavior and we had started to communicate at that point, it, I realized that uh, we likely did have a lot in common. We both had grown up around the ocean. We both were avid surfers, me when I was younger, and uh, a, a love for sailing and just understanding what a waterman's life is like, you know, body surfing together. So in 2008, before the Olympic Games, uh, Eddie Reese during NC2A sent all the postgrads up to the Olympic Training Center and to train with me. So Aaron was a part of a group of about eight guys, postgrads at Texas. And uh, that's where we really began to carve out a relationship. And that continued in 2009. There was a, a really impactful moment in my life that Aaron and I shared together. And then in 2010 at Pan Pax, the same thing. And after 2010, I, I went back to Colorado Springs and I'm often to I'm often asked to speak to the different teams that come up to Colorado Springs, uh, whether it's a national junior team or the select camp or a college team or a, a club team. And I, I I started to reflect back on, you know, I, I've said this before that talk to me and I'll listen tell me the truth and I'll believe, tell me a story and I'll, I'll uh, remember it forever. And I, 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 I think the best way to, to express experiences that you believe will impact someone is in, in a story form, because I do believe that they can 
visualize that and then it does stick with them in time of need or time of growth. And so I went, I went back to Colorado Springs after uh, 10 and I put together a PowerPoint that was walking people through my observations of Aaron's career as a swimmer and, and who he was as a person. And one of those was what happened in 2004. Another one was uh, the time we spent together in 2009 when he set a world record that is still the world record today. And then probably the most significant one to me was in 2010 as Aaron started to exit the sport. The grace and the dignity and the respect that he showed every single person that had impacted his life in the sport by retiring in California in his hometown in his club pool when he had every reason in the world to go on to 2012, still the current world record holder, uh, probably very significant contract with uh, suit sponsors. And, and yet he realized this unique opportunity to retire where he could bring people that most people in the sport, well, people in the sport don't know, family members, you know, distant family members, high school, elementary school friends, and to, to celebrate his appreciation for them. Yeah, um, he's an incredible person. I've had the, the chance to get to spend a lot of time with Aaron uh, on the international scene myself uh, as part of the Australian team, and we've had some fun moments together, Aaron. But uh, one of the moments that stands out to me the most, Jack, is, and it kind of goes to the way that I've always understood Aaron to be. It's almost like this. Uh, I, I, I liken Aaron to the way that I would teach sprint freestyle. Okay. This is, this is Aaron Pearsall's personality. This is the way I would teach sprint freestyle is that you want to be completely relaxed in your recovery and you want almost the opposite underneath the water. You want to be, you want to be tight and strong and powerful and aggressive while at the same time, you've got this dichotomy going on of power and aggression and complete relaxation up top. And I had this experience in 2005. I think I've told Aaron this before. I was sitting there as, as part of the Australian team and he was part of the US team. And for whatever reason, we got into a conversation. We were just sitting on the pool deck. And I'm not sure how it happened, but it was just more of like Aaron would just say hi to me. And I just, so I just sat and started having a conversation. And we must have been sitting there for about 20 minutes, just talking, chatting, as relaxed as could possibly be. And then someone came up to him and said, hey, Aaron, you're up. Let's go. I was like, okay. And within, I must say, within, it, it, was, it, was, it felt like about three minutes, but it was probably about 10 to 15 minutes. He had gone out and won the world championship and broken the world record. And I just thought to myself, how could somebody go from where he was a minute ago to, to, to going out and conquering the world and breaking world records. It just it blew my mind that somebody could be that relaxed, but then that aggressive on the other end of it to go out and do something that no one had ever done before. And that kind of just spoke to the way I always imagined or just knew Aaron Pearsall, right? Just, do you remember that? Do you remember that moment at all? I do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, it's, you know, not every day you break a world record. 
you know, and like yeah. the things surrounding that moment. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I, it's for me, like, uh, when I, when I think back on that, uh, when I, and it's interesting, Brad, like when I, uh, think about, let's say back when I was competing, um, what kind of state of mind I was trying to get into something that, okay, we all, all three of us will be able to share. And it's like, where do I, um, you know, it, it's somewhat, uh, for me to stand by somebody who, uh, to sit by somebody who has, um, and we were kind of alluding to this before the podcast, Brett, but you, um, uh, you, in, uh, you coming from uh, your background, where you're from, have a really, like a large, a, a, a more like common sensibility towards what I, how I grew up in a sense. Yeah. And like our relationship with like what our relationship with swimming, you know, but also like the greater, just, just being like a lifestyle, like growing up around the water and I, and, and how much, and just the kind of rounded nature of it. And very similar to some, to like how Jack and I connect. So sitting down and talking with you is grounding. Cause we're not talking about swimming in, in a pool. Like we have other stuff that we can, can like relate to. And it was one of the reasons that, um, that like getting into a conversation like with you in a situation like that was actually grounding me towards like what I, how I like kind of operate in those scenarios and situations. Mm. And, mm. and, um, not too much of a departure from how I approach swimming or the sport. Um, but you know, or, or, you know, but at the same time, like actually, actually like very integral to like a larger sense of like, like I felt like I was, um, grounded more towards something that like, I don't know, like for lack of a better way to put it, like, you know, being around somebody who understands like an ocean or something like that, yeah. which is, which is in a situation like that, which is so tense and competitive, actually really helpful to pull yourself out of like a tense and in a situation where if you overthink too much, you just wear yourself out. Like you got to get out of your own way. Yeah. Well, this uh, is, uh, it's interesting though, because I, I think of this in a similar sense, I guess, you know, Jack fought for his country. Jack went to war, you know, he went to Vietnam, but he is one of the kindest, most gentle people on earth. And yet he went to fight for his country. And, and in a similar sense, you're very similar. You're one of the most beautiful people I've ever met, uh, Aaron, but you are one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen compete as well. Like you, you nobody swam over the top of Aaron Pearsall. Nobody. If it was a head to head race with 10 meters to go, you were getting your hand on the wall every single time. And, and so I'm just fascinated with that. How can you be, how can you both be so beautiful as human beings, but also have this competitiveness or willingness to fight for your country or whatever it is? Do you, do you know what I'm saying with that? I do. That was a different way to put it. Um, I think Jack and I can both speak to our, we, Jack and I have gotten into these conversations quite a bit, you know, and, okay. and uh, so it's a great little aspect of this and it's a large tenet, I think, towards our, uh, our, probably general ethos and, and, you know, I'm talking about competition and what that really means and the, the healthy nature of it. And 
you know, and, and I think um, it's one of the, one of the, what I, I think one thing I would say to kids who are, you know, competing and who are in the throes of a lot of that thing now um, and, and, and being able to look at sport as a, as a microcosm of something much larger, you know, this metaphor for everything else outside of it. It's a great place to be able to um, um, kind of uh, grow and test our own character. I mean, in, in, in like the most basic sense. And, and, and in one of those ways, it's, it's having a healthy relationship with competition with tension with that with that kind of like building tension and with that um with with all of the 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 tension that comes with um that culminating moment that like right before a race and like everything that starts to rise up is a is uh i think a massive part of what um the lessons of sport are you know, I think it, I think it, you can let it dictate, allow it to dictate how you're going to react to people around you and to yourself and how you view and how you view what what it is to compete against or with others. And um, and, and being able to, um, I you know, I guess you can call it like we flip a switch or whatever it is, but I think more importantly, it's 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 never really having to flip the switch. It's 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 viewing competition in the healthiest possible way you you can, and and getting up to um, and like and I can speak from a place where like I feel like sometimes I did compete from like a sense of ego almost, and and would have to try and catch myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of what sport is, because it, if you're aware and attentive and you can have maybe some people around you, who can help you with this. You're able to keep it in perspective of it's you, you can, you can use the people around you to help make you better, you know? And I think I, and, and, and you can make the people around you better to make you better. Mm-hmm. It's a, it sounds like, you know, and that's kind of the trite way mm-hmm. to talk about competition. Um, and you don't need to, and it's, and it's, it's in how we view preparation and, and leading up to that particular moment. Um, but it's achieving your own potentiality. Mm. Um, it can be, it can be removed from the tension of competition of what's around you. Like we don't, you know, you don't, they don't, they can be divorced from each other. It can be separate from how we have a relationship with the people we're competing with or against it's also like what are you capable of personally mm-hmm. and and how uh can you best get there and how can you help others get there and that's a mature way and, and like growing this mature way of being able to compete i think is one of the central constituents of of, of sport i think it's like as much as the physical as growing this physical body of yours which we're doing which you do Mm. every day Mm. it's this mental aspect of being able to understand that like we're also growing as people like we're taking this stuff with us you know and and we're taking these people with us like brett you and i have known each other for over 20 years right it's like Mm. we we don't just stop knowing each other after we leave the pool deck we've got to be able to like achieve our potentiality while also make like learning that like really what we take with us are relationships Mm, good point I, I like know, that. 
and and at, and at the time, I mean, it, that's it maybe with with hindsight, it's like it's really you know it's a lot easier, and with with a bit of time and age, you're able to look at it a bit more objectively. But but one of the reasons I think, and that's that's one of the reasons that's you know you you start gravitating towards people that um, that that uh, you find are, are already moving in that direction or, or who, who perpetuate that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think, you know, someone like both, like both you and Jack, you know, these are conversations that uh, are really natural for us to get into and, and, uh, and talk about because swimming this, it can be such a competitive thing i mean in a really good way and, and mitigating that and being able to balance that and what that means and, and what and, and also like what we're trying to accomplish i think uh you know in tandem with that um yeah. is is like it's an art and it's part of growth and it's and it requires good people around you it requires some introspection and some reflection some honesty and humility and um you know, it's one thing to be physically good at what you do. Um, that's such a small part of what it is. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. Especially Jack, what's your, what's your thoughts on this, Jack? I, uh, I, I've gotten on this kick lately that, that as I start to watch, we're talking athletics now, but it's people that I meet and uh, have discussions with regardless of what craft they might be into. Mm-hmm. And um, fundamentally, I, I start to listen to how they, they set their lives up. And really, I, I, I think simply put, the difference between someone who reaches their full potential and someone who doesn't is someone who fundamentally sets their life up to see what they can accomplish. Where most people set their lives up to try not to fail. And, and if you really give that the kind of thought that that particular statement generates, in my mind, if you're, if you're going out every day and you're trying to see what you can accomplish in the course of a day that's going to contribute to all of, all of the things that we know are important in life, then you're going to be out ripping and, and curiosity is going to drive you in directions that are going to allow you to have this healthy outlook on failure and get back up and just keep going because that's a mere obstacle. And someone who is living their life not to fail, which I believe is kind of the direction that society's going in. And so much of it has to do because they don't want to disappoint someone else, the fear of someone else's opinion. And the minute a little bit of tension or anxiety gets pushed into someone's life who doesn't want to fail, they immediately withdraw. You, you can watch it in body language, you can watch it in uh, the way their eyes dart around. And if you, if you relate that to the sport of swimming, you, you just watch someone get behind the block and you add a little bit of tension and anxiety to that and you, you'll know what's going to happen way before the, the gun goes off or the horn sounds. So what would be, 
a plan of action or, or some advice to somebody like that? Yeah, I mean, you, you basically have to, to start to help them carve out behavior that changes that, right? And I listened to Katie Miley was in, in town not long ago, and I spent mm. some time with her on the pool deck, and we were talking, and she, she talks about mindset, and, and then she talks about growth mindset, and we've all read about that, right? Everybody's seen the information on that, but it isn't something that, that's difficult, that is that difficult to apply. And let's just say you're in a situation, and, and let's relate it to a workout. You're in a situation where you're, you're into the grind of a season and there's something that the coach asks you to do, and you immediately know that you're not capable of doing that. And you start to go down that road of your next thought is justifying why you can't do it. And then your next thought is like, even getting more and more negative to a point where that entire set that you uh, start to uh, swim is, is just nothing but futile worthlessness. You've gained nothing from it. Where if you can start to work on someone with a growth mind, understand the growth mindset, and it's easy, it's easy to explain. And it's also easy to observe and help them change if they really want to. The, the first thought's not going to change. They're going to go, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. But if they can start to go, wait a minute, why am I thinking that? Well, realistically, I'm not capable of doing what I'm asked. What can I accomplish? What are the small things I can accomplish through being asked to do something I don't want to do? And then maybe it's something like, I, I'm just going to work on a, a solid turn. I'm going to think about my technique on my recovery. And, I, and I, I think more coaches need to learn how to observe that than I think swimmers. I think when a coach, like, I believe that I listened to a, a little blip of Jaunty uh, talking about how important it is to get to know their athlete. Mm -hmm. and, and then uh, Yane, I, I heard a little bit of him talking about how he didn't have a good relationship with his coach. And it, it does all come down to understanding how people make decisions. And you really have to get to know someone to know the way they view the world and how the impact of what you're going to express to them is going to affect their behavior. And very few people spend enough time doing that. It takes a long time to understand how someone makes decisions and then to understand how to articulate to them in a way that they can relate is, is another huge challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, I appreciate that advice and that insight. It's valuable to, for people that, to, that was a gift that was given to me. Yeah. Right. And I, and so I, uh, and at the same time, like being around the sport for as long as we have been, Brad, it's like, it's also something I acknowledge that like I, it's it's relatively unique that it's given um that that it's effectively like uh um i don't know given's the right word but like actually implemented and um there's a there's a you know that that aspect of like you know we're, we're using swimming as this tool to grow a human being and and uh and and there's all these lessons every day 
where they don't even have anything to do with making or failing a, a set kind of thing. And it would accept that what's our reaction to it initially during and after and like, where's, where's our mind going with it and understanding how we can start to understand our own minds. Because, you know, I think that's one of the, one of the huge tenets of what I, I can recall. Um, we, we go to these big meets, everyone is really fit. Like really, really fit. Like everyone's got an eight pack. I, I could never get an eight pack kind of thing. And I'm like looking at it going like, how does everyone get so fit? But what, what I came to realize was that their minds, all, not always were their minds caught up with their bodies. And, and there's a lot of things that like piece together, I think getting into that. And, and then, and, and uh, a lot of that is in the process of like getting there. Um, there, I, you know, I, I, that's something that I think, you know, something that Jack, you and I'll get into the conversation about all the time. And it, I think it speaks to what, um, a lot of what Jack was saying. And, and it's, it's a, uh, uh, having the mind show up at the right moment at the right time consistently is, is as difficult a feat. Uh, it's much more difficult than getting the body ready. And, and, yeah. And there's so much more to it. And, uh, any, you know, a lot of people can get there once or twice and, 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 but that consistency, that belief that you're, you're able to achieve your own potentiality and, and, um, then that takes a team that takes like a, that takes the people around you, the community. So you, you know, you, you're doing it, but you need, the, you need your coach to be in a place to be able to, to, to like see when you're going down that, whatever road you're going down within your own head in any particular moment in practice or outside of it or whatever it is and be having, being able to be aware enough and, and, and um, conscientious enough to be able to engage at that moment and actually see that as a learning thing. And, and to the, one of the biggest gifts I can be, can remember being given to me was an engagement in my own process never something of like a mm. like hey let's do you know this is what you're doing and and just do it kind of thing which is like the absolute blanket extreme of one end like do you know like uh, my way or the highway kind of thing okay um or it's an engagement in the process of like what'd you think of this and accountability in a sense, like actually having some self accountability within the process and, 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 um, it, it, it breeds something else, I think. Well, that, that's interesting. You bring up a lot of interesting points and, and I'd like to get Jack's perspective on this maybe because I pull up a lot of, um, Wikipedia pages when I'm doing these interviews sometimes and I'll pull up a swimmer just to kind of get an overview of their career. And so I see a lot of, I see flashes of careers, you know, right in front of me. And I got to tell you, Aaron, I haven't pulled up anybody that has a resume like yours in terms of your pure dominance over the world of swimming for a period of time where it's just gold. You know, you go to Olympic games, you go to world championships. Now there's, there's a couple of silvers sprinkled in there somewhere, but you know, I, I am fascinated in performance and, and part of what we do as swim coaches and swimmers and 
and people that watch my podcast, we are interested in performance. So Jack, from your perspective on Aaron, how was he able to be so dominant over the rest of the world? Oh, you're going to get this right, Jack? Yeah, that's a better question for Aaron. Well, I mean, from the outside, I'll get his, but from the outside looking in, what do you think? Yeah, Yeah, and, you know, I I, I, thank you for asking me that, and I would like to weigh in. I I believe that my entire PowerPoint was set up based on just exactly that, the way that he structured his inner life and the ability to implement that regardless of what was going on around him. And, you know, the disqualification in Athens, the, uh, the, the place that I found myself with Aaron in Rome, where I'm doing pace with him after he doesn't make finals in the hundred back and I'm doing pace with him in the 200 back and we're the last two on the pool deck and his events coming up rapid, rapidly fast. He's probably in the second event of the night, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm getting ready to walk away from him after giving him pace. And he asked me to sit down with him. And we sit down and, and literally for minutes, long minutes, all that we talked about was the appreciation for what we were experiencing at the time. Mm. And he, he goes in and he sets a world record that's still the world record. And then I'll never forget, I think, body surfing with Aaron and Peter Vander Kay at Pan Pax. And, you know, the water in the Pacific's very cold. And with body surf, we'd get out and would lay on the hot sand and warm up and get back in. And I, I, I so specifically remember... Peter, Aaron, and myself looking at each other in the semi, in the circle, laying in the sand, and Aaron goes, this is going to be my last meet, and uh, walking us through why it was going to be his last meet, and then if I, if I were to go from there to moving forward, it's, it's just, it's the way he lives his life. He has such a strong curiosity for what's going on around him. And that curiosity is that's what he's become as a person. And there, there likely is nothing that he's going to look at as, well, this is, I'm going to fail if I can't do it. I've seen him do it so many times. I've seen him on a, a small uh, jet ski, not jet ski, a, a surf ski out at Chula Vista and, and trying to teach himself to balance on it as he's flipping over in the cold water a hundred times, <laughs> but never stopping or giving up. It was just a constant curiosity for well, how can I master this? Mm. And, I, you know, that's, that's the message that any young person listening to this, I don't know how you teach it. I, I do believe it's mental toughness where you, well, this isn't going right, but that's okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? Regardless of how many times it doesn't go right. And the next thing might not go right either, but what's next? What's next? And knowing that it doesn't matter what anyone's saying about you or what anyone that's watching you might think about you. It's how you're learning to conduct your inner life. And most people spend a lifetime doing that. At the age of 73, I the six months I spent with Aaron, I realized that 
he's probably a little bit farther down that path than me. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it, it's interesting. It comes at different times for everyone, but it's mm. never, it's never too late to start unless you don't start. Well, that's interesting. I mean, is there, Aaron, from your perspective, is this, is this nature or nurture? Can, can somebody manipulate the, these aspects of themselves and their life? Can they, can they grow and they learn in, in this specific aspect? Um, I mean, the short answer is yes. Right. It's like, it's, it's a, uh, it's like, what do you, and, and what are we really trying to get out of it? You know, and, and, and me being outside of the world of, you know, competitive sport now for a while, I just, I was alluding to earlier, um, you know, I, I'm very grateful for it, uh, for the lessons that it teaches you as you move along through life. Like you're able to kind of reflect back on certain things and, and how like it still provides a bit of growth and, and, and to, to uh, this point of like, you know, I think with Jack, uh, bringing up of, of, uh, so it's, it's interesting to hear Jack explain, like express that. And, and so that's, um, express what he's viewing as, as me, but I, I, I don't, I'd like to even add something else mm. because I, I, I think it's, I'd like to, to, to provide this, what the gift, like a certain gift that was given to me. And so this aspect of like nature versus nurture, like, you know, I was physically gifted, like there's mm -hmm. this. Right. And I, I, I was very like naturally I had a proclivity towards swimming, but in particular, this one particular stroke, you know, yeah. and I couldn't find it in any other stroke. And I can compare that to themselves. And so I was like, wow, I can just kind of do this somewhat naturally. And I was good at the other stuff, just not as good. Yeah. And uh, so you marry that with. Um, so that's a bit of that's like the luck. That's the, the nature. My yep. father, my father's, my parents were very athletic um, and centered around the water. It was their lifestyle. My grandmother was a mermaid, like through and through. Right? And just, <laughs> she's, she's the one who kind of is this like, kind of like in some regard was this, uh, it's, it's in, it's in me. I spent time around her yep. and, and she's going, when are we going to the beach? I just want to put my feet in the sand and I look at her and she, and one of the things she says to me, she goes, Aaron, don't ever marry a girl who won't get her head wet. <laughs> and it's my grandmother. And, and it's, it's kind of, it's something that really it's, it's a, it's a, an appreciation for this natural environment, which I was given as a very young kid. And, 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 and it's, it's like, it's deep in me. And so then you have, then you, so that's like this other side, this yep. nature part, and that's a bit of nurture. But the other side is um, being given this platform and in the, in the right kind of environment to be able to um, nurture that. And, uh, and I was. And, and what that was for me was, um, and I, I think I, I, if I can like relate something just as my career, because it, I don't want this podcast, not about my career, but it's like, it, in this sense, uh, something that I feel like I'd be remiss without saying, I was given the gift of this process. And so like whatever, whatever meets and, and races and medals and records or whatever were going to happen, they were auxiliary to this larger scope of the entire 
thing and like this and what I was trying to carve out. I had this long vision ever since I was a kid and, and I was allowed to grow that under the circumstances that I was in. I was, I was engaged in the day-to-day -day process to the point where, and I believed in it. I had a certain faith in it. I, I was, you know, I, I happened to grow up around a coach, Dave Salo, that I, I had a tremendous amount of trust in. And he, he earned that. He, he was, he sat, he would sit me down and explain to me things of what I was doing and why. And if I didn't get it, I would tell him and he would, we had a discourse and it was an honest discourse. I was an equal part in this relationship and he pushed me, but I learned that I was capable of engaging in this process and holding myself accountable. And, um, and the, the and what I found valuable, um, were, was not, I think the results were, were affirmations of like what I was doing was working mm. and, and how I was proceeding and progressing and, and, and doing this was working. And, and so that creates this feedback loop to where you go back and you're, you're excited. This is working. I, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning. And you're, you're, you're perpetually in this state of, um, of, of being immersed in what you're doing. It's a beautiful gift. It's, it's like what you, it's what you want all, every kid to find, you know? And, and it's, and because of that, I was able to feel fully immersed in this environment and feel really comfortable in it. I, I, I was given the, this gift of being, feeling like I belonged in it. And, uh, and, and what that allowed me to do as time went on was um, it, it helped me maintain perspective on like just what exactly I was trying to do. And, and perspective um, is nearly everything. And it's like the long haul, being able to keep your head on straight, not, not get too high and not get too low and, and just kind of understand you're looking further out ahead and this road will have lows and it will have highs and none of them are real. And they're all like, they're all, it's going to happen. It's part of this thing. Um, it becomes a, uh, a journey mm -hmm. and, and you, and you, you, you end up um, appreciating that more than competing. And I found myself becoming less and less interested in the competition, to be honest, and more and more interested in simply just the fact that this is a nice way to live a life. And, um, and, and a nice and, a, and around good nice people and uh so along those lines like i think it's uh, i think it's it, that i that i just throw in there in the mix with what jack was acknowledging and, and then towards i think i think it's worth acknowledging too that what jack brings to the sport and where he and i i think uh, find ourselves naturally connecting is is in me i can get in these conversations with jack like that's very easy and we always have, it was like this and, 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 and that was good. And it also meant that we enjoyed more than just swimming. Like it, what the talk wasn't about this. It was swimming was this, we just happened to share the same craft, but we had other interests. Right. And, and, um, but for me, my appreciation with Jack is on this other end of it. Cause that's my own personal thing of like my own thing as a kid and where Jack is, is, is really, 
where I, what I learned from someone like Jack is him being able to, um, is him being able to effectively um, and very gently um, direct, kind of direct people along that path, along, along that kind of maintaining of a certain perspective. And they can, they can have veered off quite a bit. But what I've noticed over the years is, is um, so many swimmers and, and, and so many athletes, but people in general, um, a steady mind is, is one of the most valuable and valued things around. And, and, and the, someone who can maintain a perspective in any kind of uh, tense or anxious situation or scenario which competition as much as it is like a kid's game like just that kind of manufactured tension um is you know like you know like i like i just you know i i've I've been i've been to these places and watched my own coaches like just start to not sleep you know and freak out and like and, and and you know like they're getting nervous right and it's like okay like he was keeping their head on straight, yeah, you know, yeah. like the kids yeah. are losing their staff. And, yeah. and, and, um, and it's like, who's the steady force. And, and, and what you, what I've found is, and this is just in my observation and but also in my great appreciation for this and how unique it is, but how important it is, is, is to have a presence of something, somebody very grounding, you know, in a, in a, especially in a tense environment, which shows someone how you can walk through this. It's an invaluable lesson. And, um, and Jack's, uh, I think, personally, his greatest contribution to, uh, to those tense situations and to the culture in, in, in general is just like this, this um, lovely grounding nature. Mm. Of him. And, and it's an unassuming thing, but you, you brought it up earlier. Like you have this like gentle, unassuming side that Jack has this tenacity and it can come out and it's there and it's a gentle tenacity if, yeah. if you can. Right. And, and, and I think there's a, there's a grace in that and, um, and understanding that like you can walk through those 10 situations with a bit of grace. Jack is cap- is able to help, uh, have, is able to walk kids through that and they never forget it and they're no. forever grateful and they're, and they're yeah. forever grateful and they understand how unique that is. And, um, and, and it's for me, it's like watching that over time, maybe like really one of the most important, like one of the most elevated things to take from something like sport. the physical part like we can all prepare ourselves and we can do that and we can do that but i i really genuinely believe that that is a all that's a vehicle to be able to to achieve your own potentiality while maintaining a certain amount of grace and um and 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 so i yeah I, i i think you know that's that's i don't know like that's that's my take on the 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 impact and importance of, of what Jack. Does. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because Jack, you uh, you're part of the ISL again. You're part of the LA Current. You you're back into high performance. You're back into this professional swimming. Why do you do that? Like, why? What? What is it? 
why do you do it? Like I haven't actually heard from you why you put yourself in those situations. But then when Aaron explains it, it makes sense to me what you're bringing. Do you recognize that that's what you're bringing to a situation like this? Well, first of all, Aaron, thank you. I, uh, you, you know, I, I, when I, when I hear Aaron talk about it, I, I, I do know that I have this God-given ability to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that, and I understand the responsibility of that in the craft that I'm in. I, you know, we, we talked about my military experience a little bit earlier, but I didn't talk about it. You brought it up, and uh, I've had this conversation with Aaron, and I, I don't think that I could fully articulate this because I... I don't believe that I was ready to talk about it until most recently. And uh, for whatever reason, I've noticed that a lot of Vietnam veterans are now starting to talk about their experiences in, in, in Vietnam. And I, I remember living in Austin for 10 years and my next door neighbor was a Vietnam veteran and I didn't know it for nine years. It mm. just, that's the way that we lived our lives. And I think that Ken Burns, for me, Ken Burns, who's a documentary uh, producer, uh, recently released uh, a Vietnam War is the name of the documentary, and it's it's eight parts of Vietnam, and it's it's more than just the war; it's everything that's going on in in the world during that time, and the impact the Vietnam War had on. It's mostly about the United States, but it's really the impact it had on the whole world. And I really started to reflect deeply on how the Vietnam War impacted my life. And I, I did start to understand that when I left, after I got out of the, the VA hospital, I, I realized that I was living on borrowed time. And there's an urgency to that in my life where I really want to do things the right way and impact people the right way. That, that urgency is something that I can't even express how deep it runs in me. And on top of that, I was lucky to leave Vietnam. There were a lot of people, and it's hard to call them friends because you weren't with them necessarily necessarily that long, but they were fellow soldiers, you know, they were brothers at arm, in arms and a lot of them didn't make it back and I did. And when I look back on that and I start to look at ways that I'm living my life that I know I shouldn't be doing it, like it's sitting on the, the couch and watching Netflix in the middle of the day I often think about those guys that didn't make it. And I wonder, I wonder what they would be thinking if they were looking down at me in the way that I was conducting my life. And a combination of feeling as though I'm living on borrowed time and not disappointing people that died for our country, that, that's a pretty easy thing to keep you moving forward in life and start to evaluate the way you're behaving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting period because a lot of us are stuck in quarantine. So a lot of us have had those thoughts, even, even to a deeper sense now of like, 
and I've told you guys this, like I went through periods of quarantine where I was questioning what I was doing with my life. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, how am I being a productive uh, member of society? You know, what am I contributing? What, what, um, you know, was I, at times I had felt Jack where I was just living to earn money or, you know, just to, just because that's what I had to do. Like I was just earning, I wasn't living. And, um, that can be a, a really shallow, hollow place to, to be and feel. And, and, uh, and, you know, during the quarantine, I, I realized I felt like I needed to contribute something more to society. And I, and I don't know if, um, you know, if I found the answer necessarily, but this was, this is what came of it. And now I'm having conversations with people that I've wanted to have conversations with, but I haven't had for whatever reason, they haven't come about like, you know, you've been busy. I've been busy. Whereas now I feel like we're in a situation where we all want to connect and, I, and that's a good thing. I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. So I really appreciate you guys time today. This has been incredible. I, I mean, we could talk for six months we can go away into a log cabin and just talk and chat and have a great time and record it but uh but i appreciate your insights here um i am fascinated in just one other thing aaron in terms of um you know again your your dominance just jumps out on the page you you obviously at at times knew you were getting things right you know you knew that hey i'm in a groove here i'm i'm doing things the right way could you see at times in your competitors, because you, I mean, you had some incredible competitors. We all do. When you get to that level, everybody's really good. But could you see at times your competitors getting it wrong? Like, did you know that, you know, this, this poor guy just doesn't have a chance against me? Um, I, I, would, um, I would say anyone's got a chance in any particular day, right? And, and uh, so there there is that and i i think but um i i would say that one thing i acknowledged was is i didn't see the kind of understanding of the long game very often we're like you know yeah like we're, we're working on today and we're working on this particular event but this understanding of like the entire scope of what we're looking at and what we're trying to go for and um and maybe finding whatever visceral kind of thing that uh that you're doing all this for and said you know like one of the one of the interesting questions that um jack and i have become familiar with right if we end up spending time around kids and and one of the questions that we both i think uh thought was an interesting question to ask years ago a lot of these kids kids in particular but you know you ask kids you ask people on a national team like just why do you, why do you swim so like to, almost to your almost like to your to your point it's very similar to what you were just saying about like how we're spending all this time mm. you know and 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 maybe the this kind of peripheral gift of of this of this time out that everyone's been given you you're forced to um to turn inward a little bit and hopefully and you, and you want to be able to you want it and the, the the trick is to be able to not shut that off and, and turn away from it but to like go there and have and to have kids understand that like that you need to you need to go there like it's it's part of this process like you need to figure out what you are i, I think at some point particularly with sport 
um, a lot of kids are introduced to it through what myriad ways, right? But not all the time are they introduced to it on their own volition. It might just be because it's like, you know, parents want to find something kid to do. Yeah. And swimming tends to be somewhat of a proclivity for the kid or it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's a nice thing to learn and it evolves into something else, but it's really important at some point to have that conversation of like, okay, you've been doing this for a while. Like, um, what do you like about it? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? Mm. You know, what are you getting out of it? Yeah. And the conversation with kids, um, oftentimes what I've found, and these are really like some of the best swimmers we've had, we have at least within this country. And I, but I know I can turn it outward. And then, but I think the conversation can be had again, swimming being or sport being a microcosm of like the greater thing. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. You ask a lot of people why they're doing what they're doing and you get around like the trite answers, you know, of of like, well, I'm good at it or I like to compete. Um, You know, you get into more honest answers of like, well, it's all I've ever really done. Mm-hmm. You know, or like mm-hmm. it's my parents put me in or whatever it is. And it's what I, it's what I started doing after, you know, with work. It's like, what's what I started doing as soon as I was done with school or it's what I, you know, and like, but, but taking that time as, as, as a lot of people do to actually really pause, reflect, redirect, you know, kind of where their attention is going, I think is, is part of this whole process. So um, having kids, uh, reflect on what, why they're swimming. Their answers become very, uh, uh, they, they, you, you look in their, their heads and they're like, I can't exactly answer that right away. It took me a while to be able to answer that. Um, but, but I, I should say that too, like I, uh, it's good to have a clear answer of that. And it's hard to maintain that because there's a lot of ways you can get thrown off and distracted along the way. Like you can lose that. And part of the the trick is to maintain some semblance, some sense of that. And and for for me, it was uh, to the to the aspect of like watching my other competitors and what they're doing. Um, I was less interested on the one race, and my one thing was I wanted to be consistent. That, that was it. And I wanted to I wanted to be at the point where I if I was going to do this, I wanted to do it right. And what I considered right was like I wanted to. There, there weren't Olympic years. Every year was as important as any other. And I was tr- what I was trying to go for was um, was achieving my own potentiality and, and learning what that was through time. And, and I had I had some kind of semblance of that, um, an idea of that. And and towards the end of my career, I ended up kind of doing that. And as soon as I did it, I recognized it, and I was like. I, 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 there's no reason for me to be here anymore. Like, I, I think I've learned what I needed to learn. Mm. It's time for me to move along. I, I, I knew that I would always have this particular world of swimming and water around me, but it would evolve. And I think for, for, um, I think it's it's so important for us to be able to to really have a good understanding of why we're doing what we're doing, uh, what we're trying to achieve. The trick is to um, the trick, and I say that like lightly, but like the, the, the I think one of the most difficult things to maintain within what it is you do over that period of time is keeping your head on straight. Mm-hmm. It's like not getting caught up in the stuff that doesn't matter. And what doesn't matter? Well, every, you know, it's like 
no one particular race really matters. Like it really doesn't. I mean, we want to, we want to achieve what we feel like we're capable of achieving, but, um, but, but hanging our identities on how, if we win or not, or a medal or, or, or even hanging our own, um, own season or our own ability on like how well you actually do relative to everybody else is, is you have to be careful not to go down that slope. And it's easy to, we do that. We, 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 so we're so easily, we compare ourselves to everything, to the people that we're going up against. Well, when you take that burden off yourself, you also free yourself up to perform at your best too, right? You, you, uh, you're, it's, it's, I think the, I believe that is the, uh, the elevated way to be in sport. Yeah. I think that's what we're trying to achieve. I yeah. think it's easy for, for those that are, that are competing and those that are training the competitors and the parents that are raising the competitors to kick, to get distracted from that and to get caught up in the other stuff. That's really, I don't know, attractive. Like there, there's a lot of things that of success that are very attractive and, um, and, and, and that's just success, but things along the way that, that, uh, that take away from that scholarship, let's say like, is one of them, like, swimming or going and, you know, being in a sport to get a full ride to school, which yeah. is like very like, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, there's a good reason for that, but it's, um, it's also like, it, it's, it's, it's achieving one really good thing, but it's, you're, you're also like potentially you're, you are missing like a large tenet of what you're actually trying to, to, to use within that environment to grow. And, and, uh, and so that 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 main the maintenance of of uh, of having a healthy relationship with like being around it, knowing when you're done, knowing when you need a break, like knowing when you actually need yeah. to take a step back. Like we're yeah. we're very like you know swimming itself and, and the sport. But so, so a lot of sports have seasons, which is lovely, and swimming doesn't. Not really right, and yes and no, but but being able to. Um, to follow your own kind of compass yeah having a certain self-awareness and having that being able to be reinforced and, and you're not you know maybe you're not falling behind you know you're not just you know it's it's you know that the balance of, be, of being like somewhat lazy taking a break and understanding that like this is actually what i need to be better next year and be and having like a true sense of of that is is what I think we're going for because you do that in life. You, you need to take breaks from the everything, the things yeah. that you love the most, mm -hmm. perhaps, so you can keep loving them. You step away to gain mm -hmm. some objectivity so that we can re-engage and be that much more effective in that. And there's I like that. These I like that. Lovely, I mean, yeah, and there's these lovely lessons that I think are everywhere within this environment that um, that are right in front of our face. And the things that, that can kind of get in the way of that are like, you know, just, you know, as I've, I've been there, I know what it is. It's yeah. like, the, it's the result, it's the, the whatever, the, the results, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Taking a step back from that and being like, actually, that's, uh, that's, that's a, uh, that's like one of the, that's like one of the things within sport that is like one of the biggest trappings, which is so lovely. If you can get past that, um, you, it, it, it leads towards this other kind of fulfilling life, I believe, where you, you learn that the things that may be really important are actually the people you're going through this with, 
right? Like this entire thing and, um, and how to uh, engage yourself in a process to achieve your own potentiality and to help those around you do that too. Good way yeah. to put it. Good way to put it, man. Well, um, I appreciate you guys' time. I've got to uh, run just as much as you guys have got to run. And I appreciate the, the thoughtfulness that went into this conversation. We, we need to do it many more times. But um, I, just, I just love having it on record. That this conversation took place and we can go back and watch it again sometime when we, we all start to lose our minds a little bit. But it's, um, a, it's a neat thing that you, you're doing this, Brett, just to be able to, uh, uh, to be able to have these good conversations with, you know, with the whole community and culture. It's like, yeah. it's, it's great. It, it puts everything down. Yeah. I appreciate it. Jack, you're a good man. I'm going to miss you that, uh, this season at the ISL, but I'll be watching from afar and good luck with all that. Okay. Thanks, Brett. Aaron, I appreciate your time. Um, very, very nice to catch up with you again. So thank you both for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. All right. Take care, yeah. guys. Take care.